Good afternoon and welcome to Wanda's Picks, a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And we are bringing you part two of a conversation with Donna Chang, a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, body intuitive practitioner, holistic nutrition and lifestyle counselor, and transformational coach. I don't know if you were tuned in last year in December when we had her on to talk about you know, sort of the seasons of the body. Well, today we are going to be talking about, (laughs) I'm so excited that I lost my train of thought for a second. We're going to be talking about epigenetics, yeah, and, and how, you know, we really have control to a certain degree of certain things that we think we don't have control over around our, um, our medical histories, and the kinds of um uh different kinds of uh, body functions or malfunction that we have inherited from our ancestors, so we're going to be talking about that shortly, but I wanted to open up happy international women's history month, and there's a lot of good stuff happening. Don't forget to check out wandaspicks dot com tonight uh there is the first Wednesday of the month. Alameda Island Poets um, program, and Avacha is one of the featured artists, along with uh, another artist whose name I do not have on the tip of my tongue, so it should be awesome. It's virtual. Um, it's uh, You have to register in advance. I have all of that information on Wanda's Picks. It's 7 to 9 p.m. So we're going to kick it off with women's rights mixtape. I haven't listened to it for a year. I have to confess, I don't quite remember what's in it, but I have it here in my queue, so I'm going to play it, and then we're going to just go right into our conversation with Donna. And, uh, yeah, so I hope you can find the information really uh, helpful, and, uh, yeah, yeah, take advantage of it. Thanks so much for tuning in. The power of we deserve it. A women's right, a human right. We want an equal voice, people take equal rights. Taking back the power, cause we deserve it. A women's right, a human right. We want an equal voice, people take equal rights. Wanted for my daughter, wanna be a leader, a visionary, powerful. The truth is what I feed her. Know the difference very second that you meet her Consistent breed a woman ain't playing the backseater No prima ballerina making happy to Latina Wanting for women who less cause someone beat her Respect that we deserve is the power that we earn Hashtag me too, my body, my turn We need reunification Cause we treat the genders like two different nations And we don't have time to be having no patience Remember last time that we waited for changes I like a woman that's there for what's right I like a woman that's there for what's right Still go to work just to stop it at Cause she only make happy with a man make it night We're taking back the power Cause we deserve it A women's right, a human right We want an equal voice, people pay equal rights Taking back the power 
not technically you can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me, Wanda, we have to just treat this thing. That's what your doctor sent you here for. Yeah, it's very like symptom like oriented and often like very limited to like say like you said, pain or uh, they only they may allow like certain amount of um, treatments a year. And um, so I founded like Alameda Community Acupuncture and uh, about 10 years ago, and I was inspired by um, that growing movement, like the community acupuncture movement that was actually happening all over in the country, um, you know, where basically um, there are a lot of clinics like ours where we charge on a sliding scale. And um, so people receive uh, acupuncture actually in a, in a large room. And um, so that, like, because of um, of that, like, we can treat, like, several people an hour. And um, so that makes it actually more affordable uh, for people to uh, use acupuncture regularly as they, however that they want to. Because sometimes, like, if it's, like... Um, if it's like a hundred dollars a treatment and and then if you want to try to go like once a week and then it would probably be out of the budget for a lot of people and um but then it, but then like what happens is like sometimes um people would say that oh i really like getting acupuncture but then they will only go be, uh, when like they have something more serious and that was actually um uh like actually like um, not really using acupuncture as preventative uh-huh. or even like they just sometimes they were people coming in just for a wellness tune-up um, just to help harmonize their bodies like with the seasons seasonal changes or um, emotional stress it's like a, a time for them to recenter and um, so yeah so like so in our center I could Acupuncture can be used for so many different things, and um, and and acupuncture is great for many different things. Like even if it's just like say um, uh, like like what I mentioned before, a seasonal tune-up for um, just like a wellness balance. Uh, but then it can be also used for uh, different conditions, like all like from um, support for let's say chemotherapy, side effects, or let's say like um, uh, people would come for like say pre or post operation healing. So there's like a wide range of uh, uses for acupuncture, yeah, because it also helps with the nervous system, help with immunity, and of course pain. With, which is what people use acupuncture most tend to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know. It's I I come for it, you know, for a tune up every week, and and you know I really love the way you like my therapist too. You know, we talk. Oh, what's going on with you, Wanda? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and I'll tell you what's going on. And sometimes <clears throat> some things my body is feeling are not. I'm not able to articulate until, you know, some energy that might have been clogged is opened up. And I always find that the discovery, like, what was that point? It was kind of strong. And you'll tell me, oh, that was your ancestor one or your your grandparents. And I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if I say that's cool. But anyway, I, I think it's cool. And And then, you know, sometimes... 
um, particularly, you know, after my surgery, I was feeling, you know, grief. And I still go in and out of that. And and there actually, there's movement to the grief and it can get stuck. And And then, you know, because you also read the energy, because it's about energy movement, um, you know, sort of moving the chi, uh, you know, like I could feel the release, like, oh, you know, I didn't know that that was that, you know, that it was blocked. And then when it's released, you know, my body, my my emotions, they just feel more fluid. Like I can cry because sometimes, you know, when I'm, it's not pain that I'm crying. It's, it's crying because of sorrow. I'm like, wow. This is really, really, it's just, I don't know. I'm just like, I got testimony. <laughs> yeah. Like in acupuncture or Chinese medicine, we like basically we hold that uh, the mind and the body and the spirit are one. And so a lot of times uh, one point can, one acupuncture point can be used for treat to, for treating, for example, knee pain, but then it can also help with inflammation or it can also help with um, help with grief. So, so there's like even just in one acupuncture point, there are like so many different dimensions, just like our whole being, we have different dimensions. And um, yeah, so it's, 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 sometimes that happens a lot. Like I put a point in and people, sometimes people feel like certain energy moving and sometimes people cry and um, because there's that release of emotions and um, we're holding that uh, the emotion like needs to be felt completely in order to be released. And so, so basically we're also providing um, a safe space for that to, for that kind of healing to happen. Yeah. 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 I, um, I know last time you talked about uh, the Black Panther Party and how, um, you know, sort of in the uh, the various ways that it developed, uh, you know, community resources around health for the communities, black community in particular, like mental health and physical health and things like sickle cell anemia and also acupuncture. It was really interesting. I looked up um, more information about that when you gave me the website. And and um, and I was looking at um, Dr. Matulu Shakur and how he was, they were prosecuted by the government for offering acupuncture to the community. And I'm thinking like, wow, that's, that seems like real antithetical, but, you know, we can't put anything past the way this government functions, particularly, you know, the um, COINTELPRO especially. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just looking at, you know, your own training. And I was wondering if you could talk about, uh, you know, some of your training here. And I noticed that you work with homeless communities, um, um and prenatal homeless uh, clinic in particular, and wow, that's that's wonderful. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your training, you know, coming from an art background to mm-hmm. now, you know, uh, acupuncture, and you know, as we talked earlier, you know, you're growing up in Hong Kong, and how you were interested in Chinese medicine and Taoism from a young age, um, and then when you moved from Hong Kong uh, to the Bay Area, you know, when you were um, 17 years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in your 20s, you know, you actually, you know, sort of reach back into your your cultural, you know, uh, 
cultural uh, resources and legacies, like, oh, you know, like Western medicine. All right, well, what about this? <laughs> I really want to be well, you know, not just take the drugs. And, um, yeah, and you sort of, you know, sort of changed your life a little bit. Changed your yeah, it was a change. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I went to... Um, this is called AIMC Berkeley, which is um, the Acupuncture and Integrative Medicine College in Berkeley. That was a mouthful. <laughs> and um, so we, it was like more than like 3,000 hours of training that we have to do, uh, learning Chinese medicine, um, Chinese uh, patterns diagnosis, uh, tongue and pulse reading, acupuncture, um, but also like for, uh, integrated medicine, so like looking at the uh, human body from both an east and west point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like and that was like when I did um, the home, uh, San Francisco homeless prenatal clinic. Uh, that was part of my externship. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So you know we we um, we hear all the time, and it has uh, it's never good news about how um, infant. Um, mother-infant mortality rates are really um, high in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, to date, it doesn't matter about your social economic level. Mm-hmm. You can be poor and you or you can be wealthy, and if you're a black woman and you are pregnant, <clears throat> you could die and your mm-hmm. baby could die. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just thinking about, you know, so we're going to be talking today about, mm-hmm. you know, trauma and trauma mm-hmm. healing and, and epigenetics. And which I sort of translate as, you know, your your history that is in your body. You know, like it's a part of the DNA code. <laughs> it's a part of your cellular structure. You know, like all the ancestors that ever lived, they live in you. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are a product of <clears throat> of that. You know, like it's not like a new slate. <laughs> you know, we carry in stuff from mm-hmm. our ancestors. And, and when I, I think it was last year when, when you were off because you were taking this training, you were saying you were sort of looking at it, it's like, oh, really? And you showed me your cool T-shirt. And <laughs> and you were telling me how, you know, you were taking this training around this, this educational, um, doing this educational work around epigenetics and acupuncture, looking at how maybe there might be a way to, uh, if you know the history, to maybe it might be a way for you to sort of I don't know how the word would be for, but maybe sort of interrupt, you know, something that would be counter um, help, you know, and I don't know how you do that, but I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, um, mm-hmm. if you want to say anything about the maternal um, uh, maternal um, mother, mother, maternal child mm-hmm. health and, and, and racism and, and whiteness. And and all of those, the sexism and poverty and how, you know, sort of, you know, acupuncture doesn't make things go away, but, mm-hmm. you know, like meditation and other, other strategies that could kind of help you manage it. Yeah, yeah, that's a big topic, yeah. And first of all, I, yeah, definitely want to um, acknowledge that, like, there is, like, it's the disparity in, like, health outcome in terms of, like, say, infant mortality rate differences between races like that's um that's definitely uh, unfortunately has been 
a real uh, problem in this country. And um, and one thing that we know um, from like there are some larger studies is that like how like when there are um, uh, trauma um, that like say the mother's going through while carrying the child um, and it can be in the form of like starvation, emotional stress, um, because like they have done studies with, with like women who are going through the war or famine, and um, and like and then the children like who were in utero during those time periods, and when they grow up, um, they tend to have like a more like more they say more obesity, higher triglycerides levels, like all these like different health markers, and um, and also like also affecting the lifespan. So there are a lot of things that we do get from our ancestors, our parents, um, both maternal and paternal. And um, so, so there are a lot of things that we inherit. And, um, and so that's from like all the way from the DNA to epigenetic tags. We'll talk more about that later. And also like habits and recipes, uh, food preferences, um, so we inherit, or like say, we get a lot passed down from our parents and grandparents, right? And so, um, so a little bit of a distinction is like, you can think of DNA as a hardware and epigenetics more like the software that goes in. So DNA is like, they don't, because um, like from an evolutionary standpoint, it's like, Basically, DNA changes happen by your, uh, it spans like um, many generations. But then, like, um, to, for DNA changes to happen, but, um, but then the epigenetic tags, that is actually something that epi means on top of or above. So, you can think of like those as like little um, markers that tells, um, that tells the cells, like, oh, what genes to express and what genes to um, not to express. And it kind of, it's like, you can think of like DNA is like this um, giant switchboard and um, with a remote control with like a lot of buttons and the epigenetic tags is kind of like different uh, sequences of like buttons that tells like, they say like, okay, this is, um, let's turn this on, let's turn this off. So, and so we do inherit that, and like it, as part of the normal functions, like what it does is like when our cells differentiate, because like each cell actually carries all the DNAs, right? Um, but then like what, uh, how, how our body knows, like say, okay, to make the cells for the eyes, and like instead of like say making it for the muscles, <laughs> like so, um, so the epigenetic tags actually tells our bodies like this is what it functions for. So if it's for the eyes, we don't need um, all the instructions for the muscles, so we'll turn those off. So those are part of the normal functioning, and um, but then there are also like other epigenetic tags that's like basically um, that would like say the like, for example. Um, tumor suppressant, uh, tumor suppressant cells, like say um, it can be like turned up or it can be turned down, and um, so we also inherit those from our parents. And um, I mean, like many years ago, before this whole new field of epigenetics become um, really 
uh, a field of interest. Like it was thought that like we just come to this um, uh, come out, like say from our mother's womb with the DNAs and then pretty much it's a clean slate. But then um, what was found that it's actually, there was like about like 1% of the epigenetic tags actually remains. And um, so that's called imprinting. And so, uh, so the good news is that it's found that like actually 90% of the chronic diseases um, are actually um, happen like like more at the epigenetics levels instead of the genetic levels. So, in terms of like epigenetics changes, like say. Uh, for example, like say it can be influenced by like it's that you, know, you basically you get epigenetic changes two ways. <laughs> it's either inherited or you acquired during your lifetime. Yeah. So um, so the good news about epigenetics is that it's now uh, known that like uh, it often it can be reversible those tags, and that um, so like the the genes I say. Um, for example, in cancer, it's now known that like only like five to ten percent of um, cancers are actually happening at the genetic levels. And so the good news is like there are a lot of things that we can do in terms of um, diet lifestyle that we can do to affect our health. Yeah. Wow, that's that's so interesting. One um, percent. Well, actually, you said um, the imprinting, um, and uh, and then the other ninety percent of chronic diseases are at the epigenetic, not DNA level. So, like, yeah. wow, that's yeah. that's really something. Yeah. So, so how does that? Um, and you mentioned um, you mentioned tags. So, so how how do you how do you sort of like with your your epigenetic training and acupuncture. How 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 do you address this? Like, how do you apply epigenetics in your work as as a healer? Mm, yeah. So I've studied like besides acupuncture and Chinese medicine, I've also studied functional nutrition and um, somatic stress release. So like different modalities. Like uh, what it's it's all. Like what I found out is that like a lot of times like um, uh, whether it is like say um, uh, uh, educating people on like say how to um, have like strong immunity or like say how to like have um, uh, like what kind of healthy lifestyle can have like say uh, can lead to like good like epigenetic changes, not the not the bad ones, <laughs> and they all actually like all it goes back to is like the foundations of health, which is like eat a good healthy diet, um, exercise, moderate exercise, and um, yeah, uh, it's and also limit your exposure if possible to like say cigarette smokes and pollutants. That's a big one. And um, and also uh, meditation, acupuncture, and anything that's basically a lot of like mindfulness practices that can also help uh -huh, with epigenetic changes. So so it all goes back to like the basics, <laughs> stress management. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you measure that um, as a scientist? Yeah, so I'm not a scientist, <laughs> um, but I'm more like I work at a more like a clinic level. So um, how do you measure change uh, epigenetically? There are actually like say for example like um, when what you get like there are different tests like for example. DNA, like for example, some uh, tests like 23andMe, that's more like a genetic level. They don't show you epigenetic stuff. So that's um, something that it would be good to know because sometimes people get it confused. And um, so there are actually some tests that say um, you you just like uh, do a blood drawing and that you send it to a lab where they can test epigenetically um, in terms of, let's say, the uh, DNA methylation um, and, like, how they, there are some measurements that can show, like, say, the, the biological age of, let's say, overall um, cellular levels and also, like, this is, like, how, how old your kidney looks like it, it is, uh, your liver is, like, the age of your liver instead of your chronological age. Because for example, I have not gotten one of those tests done yet. <laughs> um, so those tests usually range from I've seen like anywhere from ninety-five dollars to like four hundred and ninety-five dollars. Um, so um, apparently, like one of the things that they can tell you is like, for example, like right now I'm uh, forty-five years old. That's my chronological age. But then, like biological age, like let's say if I do, if I'm usually pretty healthy, my stress is low, and um, I'm not exposed to a lot of pollutants, I exercise, do all those things, like um, I probably like can uh, would say that like oh, it's there's a bigger chance that like my biological age would be lower, and um, so like but then it's like it's. It's hard to know like how accurate those tests are, but then, um, but then I think it also goes back to like say, you know, let's say if I say um, eating more berries, cruciferous vegetables, um, all those things are good for methylation um, and also like good for your epigenetics, and. Um, but then it's like even if you do those tests, like you, it's still good to do it anyway. So I think one of the things that when we do a test, uh, run any test, it's kind of like, well, are you gonna be doing something different? <laughs> so and so some people like it can help. Like sometimes like if the test shows that, let's say if I get a test that shows that like, wow, my biological age is actually more like 50 years old and I'll be like, wow, I actually, there's like more things I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let me know when you do your test. And, and I'm curious. I may get to do one. Maybe I'll do one. <laughs> <laughs> like what lab do you use? Oh, yeah. interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So um, are you currently um, applying you know, what you have learned about epigenetics in your practice? And if so, how? Yeah. So, um, so like, actually, like, there are, like, our studies that shows that like, even acupuncture can, like, help with um, methylation and also, like, uh, on the epigenetic level and help reverse some of the damages. 
and um, so, but then I also like also do consultations with people uh, nutritionally. So, and also then I sometimes I have people do a, a journal um, of like three to five days uh, of like what they eat, what they drink, and then we go over it during the consultations. But I can also just say like there are just like food that would be considered epigenetic adaptogens. Um, so that means that it can help with um, uh, adaptogens that basically this kind of food or herbs that helped adapt to what your body needs. So because um, then there because on epigenetic um, tags, like some of them we want them to dial up and some of them we want them to dial down. For example, like say if you think that like your um, your let's say you have a family history of um, let's say someone have a family history of cancer, and that like you want the tumor suppressant genes um, to be more expressed, and whereas like the oncogene is like less expressed, right? So, um, but then it's but then what adaptogens it does is say like it just like knows what your body needs. So, uh, for example, berries are really good, um, blackberries, strawberries, blueberries. Um, so those are going to be helpful. Uh, cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower, broccoli, arugula, Brussels sprouts, all those things. And um, rosemary, different culinary herbs that can be um, very helpful, green tea, shiitake mushrooms, turmeric. So that's like the, that's like the basic stuff that's um, like say for most people that, that can find um, useful. And um, so, so there are like say the basic foundational like healthy practices um, that I help people with and that I guide them through. And, um, but then also like from an emotional uh, standpoint it's like sometimes like I also work people work with people in this way called uh, the deep dive healing journey what? And, the deep dive? Is that yeah yeah that's um, that sounds fun <laughs> yeah so we go into um, so I basically guide people uh, when they feel like they are stuck in a certain emotional patterns um, and so the the idea is not so much to uh, dig into like say what the story are, even though that may come up, um, because I'm not a therapist, so I, it's not talk therapy in that sense. Um, but then I, it's also like guiding people to like really um, come into their 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 resource in their body, and so because like we our healing energy is like most powerful when we're in the present moment right when our body can be in the present instead of doing things um, like habitually like say that was like from a standpoint of trauma and um and sometimes it just like it's just holding space for someone to be, to guide them through a process to be, so that they can be in, in, in their bodies in the present moment so that the healing can just occur. Yeah. Cause we all have like, I think last time we talked about it too, and we, our bodies have natural healing energy. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you, you help people sort of become more in sync with the the body intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we use like tapping acupuncture points, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it's like through like breathing, the breathing patterns or inquiry process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. Is that in person or is that through your um, your um, virtual um, consultations or do you do a combination? Yeah, so right now I do that like uh, more virtually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um, could you let our audience know, um, you know, sort of uh, the, how to get in touch with you, where, where Alameda Community Acupuncture is located, the hours, those kind of things? Yeah. So um, we are in Alameda. The physical clinic location is in Alameda, um, on the island, in the middle of the island, actually. <laughs> and um, and we're open seven days a week. And like so, in the clinic, we do mostly acupuncture and sometimes cupping as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we also I also do support people virtually, and. Um, yeah, I may I may actually do that, like do our um, somatic stress release, um, those kind of practices. Like one day, I hope that we can actually do it more in person, uh, maybe in a, a group class format. We used to have like qigong classes in the clinic, and um, that just we haven't done that like since COVID. And as like say you know, hopefully things may change like in the next few months with the COVID situation and yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Can can you give your website and the the street address and your phone number? Yeah. The website is Alameda Community dot com. And um our address is one seven one six Lincoln Avenue in Alameda. And our phone number is 510-255-0880. And but if you go to our website, you can book your appointment online. And if you have any questions, I feel free to email us. And our email is info at alamedacommunityacu.com. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was wondering to talk a little bit more about, about ancestors and... Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and wellness and, and our connection. Um, sometimes um, in some spiritual traditions, uh, something could have happened to an ancestor, mm-hmm. and, and and a living ancestor, you know, us, we have to um, to do some things to sort of resolve, you know, that particular um, energy or task or you know repair something, so that. You know, it's done, <laughs> and nobody else has to pick it up and carry it forward. And so, I was wondering if you could maybe talk to that a little bit, particularly, um, you know, whenever you tell me, you know, sort of, you know, that was the grandparent uh, point. And I'm like, well, oh, and you know, when you were talking, this is a whole other thing. And hopefully, I, you know, you remember both. Um, I was just thinking about um, in in uh, in Ifa, um the Yoruba tradition, uh, spiritual system, there is an Odu, which is like sort of these, the scripture 
you know, that also talks about um, healing and medicine and things like that. And and a person, a practitioner, has to memorize all that so that when, when he or she throws, you know, the I King and sees how the shells line up or bones, depending on what the person threw, they'll be able to read it and, and then make a prescription. Uh, and, and again, it's it's not just the physical, you know, it's, it's spirit, you know, mm-hmm. and mind and body. And that, con, con, you know, that conversation between you and the person who is facilitating this conversation with your ancestors. Mm-hmm. And so I was just wondering, when you were talking about these points and how one point, you mentioned the knee, could be like all three of those things, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, you have a presenting symptom, but then... It could be something else. That's just a symptom because a lot of times, you know, we go to the doctor because of a symptom, and then we learn out what's under that. And so I was just like, how do you remember all of that? I mean, you know, it sounds like, and how do you know where to go in your book? Because you showed me one of your little Bibles, just playing with the term. But <laughs> it, was, it was a thick book, you know, when you were sharing with me about, you know, the grandparent point. <laughs> you know, it was a thick book, and that was just one of many, I'm sure. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were many big books. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, going back to your first question, um, hope I remember what it was. <laughs> but it was about, like, um, things that, like, we get from our parents, our ancestors, and, um and I think it's just uh, important to acknowledge um, both. Um, uh, and, well, in terms of health, um, it's like I think when in the when I went to college in the '90s, there was this big debate about nature versus nurture. And then I think it's just important to really acknowledge that, like you know, it, instead of an either or, it's both and. Uh-huh. And um, nature, nature needs nurture to manifest, and like say, and that goes for any potential strengths, and um, and also any potential vulnerabilities. And so it's also like acknowledging that, like say, what our um, ancestors have been through, and really understanding that, um, and also. Um, but at the same time, like uh, understanding that, like we have agency, and so it's a both end thing, and um, and I think a lot of times it's also like how we. Um, I mean, there's a concept I think in um, psychology and and actually in a lot of things, it's uh, it's that like whatever that you resist will persist. And um, so the more, so there are a lot of things to say, whether if it's like in our uh, ancestors' past um, and in the, his, in the history, in the family history, the more that like say we don't, whatever that we don't want to deal with, that we don't want to face, it's going to always be there. And, and, um, and, and I think it's important to just like really face it and um be and also like have hold hold that compassion um for whatever that um 
the Hasai came before us, and but also like hold space for your own emotions that arise, like during this process of learning about like our family history. It could be like anger, it can be sadness, and just like acknowledging, also honoring like all of that, and. And sometimes it's messy. It's not like a, a straightforward story. And sometimes it's by really like fully honoring all those things um, and all that messiness. And that's how we can um, uh, be also like be present with our uh, what what our body is responding. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when people come in and say they say they uh, talk about that oh this is the emotions that they have, and one of the first things that I may ask is like oh like how um, where do you feel it in your body and what does that feel like and um, by going into our bodies uh, we really can like use our bodies also as a portal to be to have that connection. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's also like uh, by knowing that um, uh, we have agency, it's also like just knowing that like we can have the will and, and the power to change the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So is that, you know, sort of changing the story, is that switching on and off or turning down or turning up the the epi? <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it's like if you have a dimmer switch, um, and but then it, it got stuck. <laughs> Let's say that's like it got stuck at, like, say, the high level, right, or, or like, say, the low level. And then it's like, how do we um, change that? Uh, I mean, we all heard of a saying, like, when life gives you lemons, like, make lemonade. But then, like, what happened is more like, okay, your your parent your um parents grandparents they hand you down lemons and sugar and water and uh, and give you a recipe for a lemonade and then maybe you've been making that recipe and then like one day you're like oh wait this is too much sugar <laughs> maybe I'll just use the lemon and just have like lemon water in the morning and um so yeah so that that is and I think it's it's also like helpful to do it to do it in community, and also because a lot of times like your family's history, um, and also it's like woven in uh, uh, in the collective history, and um, yeah, to find support with other people going through similar things. And that, like, say, especially, like, knowing that, like, say, there are other people who have, like, overcome, like, whatever uh, that was, like, in the family history. And just, like, really, I think, like, sometimes when we talk about health and it can, it can almost seems like it's always about, like, a personal health, individual health. But at the same time, like we, like human beings, I always have lived like socially in the community, and it's important to um, acknowledge that the community, like healing, happens um, at the community level and also personal level, and that those two are intertwined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so are you saying, um, like in in 
the space, you know, um, in the community acupuncture spaces where people are healing in, um, you know, in common, you know, in the same room. I think you have, what, you have two chairs and you have two beds. And so that's four people mm -hmm. um, at any given time. And, and so even though we aren't talking to the people that are in the room with us, we're, all, we're sharing in each other's healing mm -hmm. energetically. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's definitely a collective healing field uh -huh. mm -hmm. that, is, um, that I could feel in the room. And before COVID, we had like more people in the same room, and now we, we have less the number of people in the same room at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that and also, um, and also just like, yeah, um, connecting and just like really connecting with people like socially, and that is actually one of the health markers um, that for um, even like say in immunity. Like there are people who um, I think there was like a study that was showing that like how uh, people there are two group of people who got like vaccination, and it's not the COVID vaccines for something else. And there was like one group of people uh, who actually was socializing more um, in in the weeks like leading up to the vaccination that tends to show like better immunity from the vaccination afterwards. So, um, so yeah, and there's uh, and and in the last two years, it, ha it has been like very hard for a lot of people in that sense because social isolation. Um, it was actually like really not good for our health in many ways, and um, and so like I think like as time goes on like like it's um, like it, there are also like ways to like help to um, maintain that connection, but at the same time it, it may not look like how it was pre-COVID, but then. Um, yeah, and it's like we're just like at this like crossroads in history, basically, right? There's just like so many changes, and I think in our and we probably like in terms of technology, how people connect, like we have more changes in the last like 10, 20 years than like a lot of times like what how our ancestors have gone through, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coming to the end of my questions, and maybe you might have something you want to wrap with. But I was just thinking of um, uh, the, uh, you know, how how when you you sort of um, uh, you read the energy, you know, like um, in the past you look at our tongue, mm -hmm. and then you just sort of like just move your hands over, you know, my body. And you take my pulse, and and then you know you're sort of like, I'm sure you're like measuring like the warmth and the coolness, because that's an energy. And um, and and I know with Reiki, uh, you know, I'm sure you know about that too. You know, that's that's also a way of sort of, you know, sort of concentrating, you know, energy in certain places. Like you said, I mean, I, I like rubbing my hands and then putting them on my face mm -hmm. like this. It just feels so nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so anyway, I just wanted 
you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the warmth, the heart, the, the hot, the cold, the warmth, and um, and and just sort of you told me last time about there was like a lot of, there was wind. And, and so you were, um, depending on the person, you know, helping them with more grounding, you know, kind of um, of, of a placement of, of the uh, the needles or whatever. And, and I really like that because I'm a Gemini air sign. So, yeah, I like, you know, I like grounding. That's good. <laughs> yeah, even when it's not windy. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, like, we... Like when I do acupuncture, like tongues, I'm, I I do like. Now that we have face masks on, we don't check the tongues so very often, um, unless when I do herbs. Sometimes I do. Uh, so yeah, we check the pulse. With like we place our fingers on 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 the radio pulse here, and um, and and then we check for the quality of of um, the pulse. Like say some. some like say, does it feel like it's almost like if there's a rope or something like uh, beneath the skin? Like, is it does it feel wiry? Does it feel like it has good strength? Um, does it feel very deep? Like I have to press my fingers like pretty uh, hard to feel it. And then like that's only one type of assessment in Chinese medicine. We use a lot of different um, uh, assessment tools. Uh, one of the things that I do a lot is uh, just what we call channel palpation. And so, so when I'm touching your skin, like like at like different points, that's usually what I'm doing. I, I'm checking for like say, sometimes like along a, an acupuncture channel, like one part would feel like the skin feels like it's more um, sinking or saggy, and then the other part may feels like oh, kind of hard, a little more lumpy. And then that's when I feel like, okay, you know, this is where the chi is stuck. <laughs> and um, so that's one kind of assessment. And sometimes when I look at the ears, uh, some parts may look more red uh, or has a white, whiter spot. Um, so, so like, and that's where an acupuncture point um, is, like, say, for a certain organ. And that's, that's like, give me a clue what seems to be out of balance. So, yeah, we had a multitude of assessment tools that we use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So going back to our ancestors Mm -hmm. and that lineage, I was wondering, um, you know, sort of looking at the different uh, um, places where, you know, the energy flows, the chi flows, and, and sort of helping you know, like you mentioned, balancing, you know, this, this motion, this movement. Um, I was wondering if there was a portal that we're also tapping into when we, we free the energy so that it can move uninhibited throughout our body. Like are we tapping into, you mentioned um, the collective around healing and how we don't heal in isolation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a community, as a family, you know, a smaller community, and the larger community outside of our home, and then the larger, larger community. And then we don't, you know, not to mention the trees and the mm-hmm. little things that are crawling and stuff that's flying and, you know, things we can't see and, you know, that we call pests and all of that, you know, sort of that balance. And, and we're participating in, you know, all of our wellness together. We're talking yeah. about, like, energy portals and, 
are we tapping into some like, you know, sort of larger thing when we free up these channels? Yeah, I think we are always connected to the larger things. <laughs> and um, so I think, like, I mean, there are definitely, like, certain areas in our bodies that's, like, been considered, like, uh, stronger, like, energetic portals, like, say, in different uh, healing systems, like, for example, uh, chakras, those were the energy portals. Uh, in the central channel and um and acupuncture points you can see that those like each area like that is um where we would say it's an acupuncture point it's also a portal of some sort but like and i can also like would say like say our body is a kind of a portal but then i just think that like the healing um opportunities can like occur in so many levels in different so many different ways and so it's almost like every moment um wherever we are and whatever state that we're in there is always a healing um, possibility and it's um and that possibility and when we have those kind of healing moments that we're also connected to the larger whole yeah so i wanted to let you have you know, the last word around, um, uh, we're in winter, but we can see spring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and we've been talking about epigenetics and and our ancestors and um, and how we, we do have uh, a way of, you know, interceding uh, mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in what we've inherited. We don't have to let the dimmer stay high if we need to turn it down. There are ways that we can actually um, influence our health outcomes in a good way. Yeah, so, to a certain extent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, definitely it's not harmful. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I just wanted to know, um, you know, let you share something um, in closing, you know, um, that you'd like for us to practice or think about and... Um, be encouraged over. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah. So one thing that is, we think. Yeah. I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier is like how, like, oh, when you're doing Reiki, you rub your hands and you touch your cheeks, and and that is like um, very healing. Mm -hmm. I think one practice that people can do as a way for grounding because it has been very windy and cold periodically in the last few weeks, at least in the Bay Area. And um, one thing that is really good to practice is just like um, feeling, uh, feeling usually like the first thing that would be good to feel is just to feel the gravity supporting your body. It's a good practice and just like feeling, um, just like say for example, like I right now I have my feet flat on the floor and just like feeling the gravity and then like say, and even like just like when I'm like um, having my hands on my knees, I'm like pushing it down a little bit and just feeling, feeling the weight and then just like, that usually just help me ground and 
just help me feel connected um, to the grounding energy and just like he, he also feeling my sits bones, like where uh, my seat is. And um, I think that's always a good practice and just like, and I really like what you said, like just rubbing your hands together and then like just touching your cheeks and just like give yourself a hug. And that there's something like really healing in that, and and um, especially it, for those of us like that may be hard to have like um, uh, contact with someone, um, and like just like even having skin contact with our own body, it's it's actually really healing. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't think it, but it's like yeah, like when you touch yourself, you touch yourself. I mean, like. Somebody else could touch you or you could touch yourself and it it, it has the same kind of good feeling. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Wow, this is such a good conversation, Donna. Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us about epigenetics and uh, wellness and you know, um just you know, just the work you do, you know, at Alameda Community Acupuncture. And we're really, really blessed to have you in the neighborhood. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me today. And and I know it's like, I kind of feel like like this is like such a a big topic in terms of like um, ancestral healing and like epigenetics, trauma. Um, Yeah, it's a big topic. And like, there's like always more to talk about. Maybe some other time we'll have another conversation. (laughs) Yes, certainly. We'd love to talk to you around the solstice, you know, the summer solstice. Um, I'm going to be traveling, but maybe when I get back, uh, uh, you know, just sort of like, wow, you know, that heat, you know, and sort of where's Mm -hmm. the sun rising in us, you know, like what do we do with that long day in us? You know, because you know, the outer is a manifestation of the inner. So, you know, how mm-hmm. can we benefit from these bright, hopefully warm days? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So you right. take good care. Thank you again. You too. You too. <laughs> Bye, Wanda. Thank you again. You're welcome. <laughs>